This is On Tap with Bill Clark. What is On Tap? I've had some of the best conversations over a pint of ale, a glass of Pilsner, or a bottle of brew. Conversations over a beer will include sports, family, work, hobbies, and the weather. But we won't stop there. We'll dive into what inspires us and what drives us as humans. I'll invite some of my friends, coworkers, mentors, and community leaders to share some of their wisdom, advice, and of course, some of their favorite beverages. We pray our conversation blesses you and helps you find joy in this journey of life. Cheers. Welcome to On Tap with your host, Bill Clark. All right, this is Bill Clark. Welcome to On Tap. This is episode two, and I have my very good friend, Pastor Phil Robarge from Chicago, Illinois, with me. And so I get to turn the tables on Phil a little bit and um, Pastor Phil and ask him some questions. So uh, let's start by tell a little bit about yourself. Phil. Yeah. So thanks for having me on the, on the podcast. I, um, I was grateful to have you on my podcast. So again, it's always good to be able to reciprocate and, uh, and jump right back on Uh, a little bit about myself. Let's see. Um, I could go all the way back. I was born originally in (laughs) Utah. No, um, I actually was. I was born in Utah. We, uh, um, 12 years old, moved to Arizona, which I spent a majority of my life. Um, went to uh, Northern Arizona in Flagstaff, got my degree in criminal justice and psychology, um, and I never used either one of them um, for my job. <laughs> um, so kids, don't worry. If you've gone to school and you're like, what am I supposed to do with a liberal arts degree? You're like, it's okay. You'll find some. (laughs) Or trade school. Mm -hmm. um, Later on in life, so I was 28 when I uh, finally uh, fought the the urge and went to uh, seminary. Um, And it was always great jumping back into school. I mean, it wasn't too long for me, but I mean, at at 28, I said, all right, I'm going to go back to school for a master's degree. Um, And then they throw you right in the deep end and start with Greek Mm. all summer long, like no breaks, no, uh, no rest. It's like, you're going to learn Greek and we're just going to drown you in it until you figure it out. So was there in St. Louis um, for three years, uh, went on my vicarage, which is our internship. And that was uh, a year in Freeport, Illinois. Now, my first call was uh, to Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Urbandale, Iowa. And that's where I met the wonderful Bill Clark and... (laughs) And that is how the love story began. Oh, indeed. Uh, guess what I'm starting in a few weeks? Summer Greek. Uh, summer uh, Greek. Jumping into it, huh? Uh, yes, indeed. I'm 
I'm going to do it. I keep telling myself I can do it. Even though I look at the book every day and go, uh, this is not going well. So, so I see you got a beverage in your hand. What are you drinking today, Phil? Yeah. So today what I decided to bring is the beverage was, uh, so let me see. This was about six months ago. A couple of guys from Tabor, um, decided that we needed to brew some beer. Um, so we started a couple of batches and, uh, the first batch, I'll just take you through a quick story. The first batch, we were shooting for a hazy IPA. Well, something happened with the, uh, um, in the process. It didn't end up as a hazy IPA. It, it was more of a hazy amber, and it was fine. It was, it was pretty decent. I still have one bottle left just to, just to make sure I remember what that tasted like. Um, and then we went to the second beer and we we wanted to go for something light because it was going to be the summer Mm -hmm. and again we can't figure out the the process of what happened but once again it ended up amber (laughs) (laughs) how does it taste though it it's pretty decent i mean i don't know if i would uh you know put it up you know, against uh, um, any of the uh, the wonderful breweries that uh, that we have, both in Chicago and Iowa, but it's fun to drink. <laughs> well, I chose uh, Exile, mm. the local Des Moines brew. It's Zoltan Session IPA. Um, I knew if I was drinking a Bush Light, you'd make fun of me, so I grabbed. <laughs> I grabbed the other beer. It's in my fridge. Supporting local. Uh-huh. Exile is a good beer. I was thinking about just doing a, a PBR just because we used to drink PBR together. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. F. Yeah. So uh, yesterday I was uh, I actually watched part of your sermon online, and you talked a lot about being uncomfortable, and God makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. And it just made me think about um, – you know, when I'm comfortable, I'm really not usually in a good place. And so I've been uncomfortable a lot lately, a lot lately. And so I know there's a lot of things going on between COVID and um, George Floyd and, uh, um, and the race relations. And so, you know, if somebody didn't catch that yesterday, what's um, kind of a takeaway about that un- un- being uncomfortable that, that you talked about yesterday? Yeah, I always think that God has a habit of making us uncomfortable. Mm. I mean, especially the more we're in his word and, and the more we're involved in the lives of people around us and what I would call disciple making, like you're going to find all kinds of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what I always find is what we can run to is say, I don't really like being uncomfortable and I need to find some place that's going to be comfortable for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or we can say, what's God teaching me in this uncomfortableness, which I don't even think that's a word, but, <laughs> but what happens in the uncomfortableness? Where is it that I can actually understand? Wait a second. Am I uncomfortable for a reason? 
And I think being able to spend more time talking about why I'm uncomfortable and what's making me uncomfortable than trying to spend figuring a way out of uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. And that's where I get with whether it's the COVID thing. I mean, I spent a lot of time on my podcast talking about um, and I just interviewing people and saying, what have you learned through this? Because what I'm, what I was trying to find and dig through is like, we need to understand what God's trying to teach us, whether or not God brought it or whether God allowed it. We know that God was involved and that meant it's a time for learning. And, and that's what I think in that and the process right now with, with all of the, um, the race stuff, uh, it's, it's an opportunity for us to learn. Yeah, no doubt. And, and especially, you know, where I'm at, um, within the city of Chicago, like there's a lot of people who are angry and I want to learn. And I want what, I want to learn what God is trying to teach me through all of that. And, and that means I'm going to talk to different people and I'm going to talk to, I'm going to hear their stories and I want to understand where they're coming from. I want to understand their anger. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so I think that that comfortableness is a wonderful time for us to learn. Yeah. Well, I know um, some people might think they're uncomfortable conversations, but I've had, as I said in the intro and, uh, my podcast I've had some of the best conversations you know I usually have a beer or two people start opening up mm -hmm. and so how do you how do you what do you think it takes to get somebody um to be vulnerable to open themselves up to be uncomfortable to talk about you know we don't talk about the weather and you know <laughs> the Cubs aren't sucking this year we have to talk about the Cubs and you know <laughs> and family and job you know because there's things that's going on in everybody's life and they especially guys, man, we just close up and we're not going to, we're not going to be vulnerable and open up. So what, what do you think, what do you think it takes to get people to have those conversations? You know, I always found uh, my, my wife, um, she is wonderful at uh, trying to break that, that barrier because she, she gets real awkward real quick. Sometimes. <laughs> and it's like oh like thanks for breaking that because now we can talk about something real mm -hmm. what i've always found then is is not necessarily then just to rely on my wife for breaking the uncomfortable but it's also being able to say what's it going to take for me to get this guy um this person whoever it is that i'm talking to to open up and talking about real things and what i found the people I meet in my neighborhood is, you know, a, a, as a pastor within the city, I, and, in, and this is a different strategy for different pastors. I'll just put that out there. I don't wear a collar. Um, sometimes my tattoos show. <laughs> um, sometimes I'm inviting people for a drink, right? And they're like, well, wait a second. Like, that that's not normal. Like, it's okay. Like what's not normal. Like, so sometimes I have to break that mold of being vulnerable myself just to get people into that mm -hmm. arena. And so it's for me to be able to say, let me show you a little bit about myself. Like I'm, I'm flawed. 
Um, I'm, I'm normal. <laughs> I mean, we're all, we all got brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be able to, to, to share with you what's happening in me so I can understand, you know, who you are as well. And that's, it's, it's done a lot of great things. I mean, got lots of people who in our neighborhood had outward brokenness, meaning they, they've got some addictions, they've got some issues. And, uh, and so when I come up and I'm not, I'm not the one bringing condemnation, but they're like, who are you? Like, why are you, I mean, you're talking to us like we're normal, like, you know, and it's, it's funny how I, you know, I'm walking up and even, you know, we'll drink a beer together and they'll be like, so what do you do? I'm like, and we happen this one conversation, this was last fall. Uh, and we were sitting right across the street from the church <laughs> and they're like, so you live in the neighborhood. I'm like, yeah, my house is right there. Right. And I point to the church, um, and our house is right next door to the church. And they're like, oh, you live next door to the church. I was like, yeah, like that's my church. They're like, oh, you go there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do go there. I'm like, I'm there every Sunday. You should come in, you know, and check it out. And they're like, yeah, like. I think we, I think we've seen the pastor before and I'm like, Oh, that's good. I'm like, you realize I'm the pastor. They're like, what? I mean, and I'm going to keep it clean on the, uh, the the podcast, but he said like, Holy, you know, crap. Like Mm -hmm. you, you can't be the pastor. Like that's not, you're not doing what we expected a pastor to do. And, you know, so it's things like that of kind of opening that doorway of saying like, I'm normal. I'm, I'm going to show you who I am so that you'll tell me your story and I can share you with you mine. And, and my story is going to be with Jesus in the mix because Jesus helps me define who I am. Absolutely. I just remember the night that you and Steve and Jeff, remember the night we went out uh, bar hopping and I think we had more conversations and, some people we knew and some people we didn't know. I ran into an old boss and her boyfriend and it was like a whole night of ministry while we were going from bar to bar. We were, I do remember that. And, and I think it was, was it your boss? Like was somebody ended up crying? Like I always know like it always happens whenever we're out and we're meeting people and finding people where they're at and they're like, Oh, you're normal. And you're friends with God. And so like, let me just tell you, and then they end up pouring their heart out for some reason. So, <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, when you, you never, I mean, just like last Friday, I was out riding my bike and this guy comes up, we were stopping for a, a break at one of the watering holes and having a beer with Tim. And this guy comes up and starts talking to us and, you know, the uh, F bombs are flying and everything else. And I was waiting for him to go. So what do you do? And as soon as you say, well, I'm a pastor. And they'd be like, no blankety blank way, you know, but I just think as a church, I mean, you know, there's a lot of speak. Um, I listened to three or four sermons yesterday. um, And I think you you really hit it on the head about listening um, because I know at some point it's probably when God got a hold of me, but you know, I'd walk into a room or meet somebody and you're measuring them up, you know, right away. And all my biases are going into effect. And now, um, it's really opened my mind, you know, it has been in the past, but I continue to be uncomfortable and learning to seek. And because like I said, everybody's got a story. 
and they just want to be heard. And, you know, I'm not justifying the riots, but and those people are angry and they've been, I can't imagine, you know, if you don't get your way over and over and over and over again, and what's a kid do? They act out, you know, they act out physically, they yell. Mm -hmm. So, well, I'll tell you just one quick thing. I mean, I was um, a part of a little bit of a protest yesterday and what I learned as we were sitting in front of uh, the street of a police station, there was a, a, a black lady who stood up and, and, and was expressing herself. And it wasn't in the nature of her trying to destroy anything. She didn't want to see these cops dead. She didn't want to see these cops hurt. What she was trying to express is some of the ways in which she has seen things affecting lives of people, not only her, but people she loved. And she was just asking questions. And she was saying, I want to be able to find an avenue to be able to share this. And she believed that nobody was listening before. And I, and I loved that because we all want somebody to hear us, see us, care for us. Why don't we? Exactly. And I don't know. I was just thinking about this, about social media. It gives us such a great platform to put out things like podcasts where we talk. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I really think about the things that people post, would they say that to their face or in person? And have we had social media so long and getting so used to it that now our personal communication, when we get in front of somebody is we just speak like we're fighting somebody on Facebook or on social media, you know? So we're, you know, if you're not on, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. You know, here's my point. I don't care what your point is. You're wrong. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know if that's a result of that or not. Um, just something I've been thinking about put out there for other people to think about if they got thoughts they can they can let me know mm -hmm. so as you're getting to the end of the glass which means we're probably getting to the end of the podcast one last question i, I like i'm gonna try to ask everybody yeah um, is what gives you joy in this journey of life mm. answer that in 30 seconds right or 30 minutes take your time yeah i mean for me i i, I always go back to people um i'm a like I'm a people person, like where I find my joy. I mean, even where my, my wife's pointed out, like, you know, when I'm around people and when I'm being able to talk with them and to not just hear from them, but also being able to pour back into them. Like there's just something about that that brings me great joy of just being with people. Mm -hmm. And that that's why it's been hard through the COVID stuff where we haven't been able to be with the congregation. Mm -hmm. um, we've been able to meet like this over Zoom or <laughs> whatever video thing, but, uh, but, it, it, but it hasn't been as much as, you know, brought me as much joy to be with people because it's like, you know, we can't do it. I don't want to affect you. I don't want to harm you. I don't want to put you in, in danger. And so what do we do? Like keep our space, keep our distance. And so I, I, I've kind of grieved that part because I've known that people bring me joy 
and learning about people and hearing from them bring me joy. And I've, I've missed out on that. Um, and so I, I put what I can into, uh, to the zoom conversations. Um, but there still isn't anything that beats talking to somebody face to face, being with somebody in physically, you know, in, in the same space. Um, so I think that, that brings me a lot of joy. Awesome. Yeah. We even had a virtual, you know, happy hour with some of our friends when this first started and the first couple of times it was kind of fun, you know, and then after that, I'm like, eh, this kind of sucks, <laughs> you know? Right. It's not the same. It's no. not the same. No, it's not, you know, cause it, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the way we were wired, the way we were made. Well, thank you for your time, and uh, thanks for being on the uh, episode number two uh, with On Tap. And uh, you know, I uh, wouldn't be where I'm at without some of your help and guidance and directions. So I'm going to call you when I'm stuck in Greek class down in St. Louis this summer. Right. And what I'll always do is point to the same things I always have: is the um, Bible software gives us everything that we need to know about the Greek. <laughs> That's the, it actually is a reassurance for me. Like I know I'm never going to be a Greek scholar and it's okay. But I have wonderful people who have gone before me who have said, Hey, let me teach you what you need to know. Oh, cool. Thanks. Exactly. That's the good thing about it. So don't, don't put a lot of, of stress on yourself through that. Learn it being you know learn how to read it and all that other stuff but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> well thanks very much my friend take care and god bless yeah thanks a lot bill love you love you too this has been on tap with your host bill clark a special thank you to pastor phil robarge from Tabor Lutheran Church in Chicago, Illinois, for joining us today. We pray our conversation blesses you and helps you find joy in this journey of life. Cheers. There's a 